0: and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper.
1: Lake Tanikomo in southwest Missouri near Branson has long been uh, considered a prime trout fishing destination and i'm happy to say i have on the program with me today a dear friend of mine and he's a renowned outdoor rider mr kenny keezer from over on the western side of the state and kenny i understand you've just recently were down at Taney como doing some trout fishing yourself
2: yes sir i was down there with the with one of the top guides of all time down there uh Dwayne Doty, and we were uh, Mostly doing some some uh, fishing in the dark uh, just before daylight. <laughs> it was pretty now, Keezer, awesome.
1: Keezer, I got to tell you, I've always thought you fished in the dark.
2: <laughs> oh, I've been in the dark for years. This just happens to be another day for me.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, you you bet. But it had to be a su- superb day if you were in the boat with uh, Dwayne Doty. Uh, and I think uh, you and I probably— a uh, couple of years back, we're maybe in the same boat with Dwayne Doty. Yeah, quite a guide. But uh, I don't want to interrupt your story. You got it fresh on your mind. You know, us old timers sometimes have a little bit of trouble remembering uh, details from yesterday. So uh, uh, it'd be difficult for me to remember everything that happened on our fishing trip, other than I'm, I'm sure that I probably outfished you. But, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes.
2: Well, as you know, I'm as old timer as you are. And actually, no, you did not fish me. Actually, I was all over him that day and you were sitting there, almost had tears in your eyes. I felt sorry for you. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed you didn't you didn't give me your rod or, or your lure, you know, but that's fishing buddies for you, you know. But, hey, tell me what happened with you you and Dodie on your latest adventure down there.
2: It was an interesting trip. You know, we went out well before daylight, uh. I love fishing uh, uh at night down there. It's always especially in the fall down below the dam when you can wade in and catch the big browns and big uh rainbows uh, uh throwing crankbaits or even fly fishing in the, in the dark. It's pure it, it's pure fishing blind. It's amazing. Well, at uh, that time we were we were Well, it,
1: it is quite uh, different uh, fishing in the dark if you're not used to doing that, you know. And uh, of course I grew up fishing in the dark bass fishing primarily but uh, I don't think I ever have uh, uh, trout fished uh, in in the dark on tany Como so that hey that'll be a thing I'll have check off my bucket list so now you can tell the rest of your story and make me envious
2: <laughs> well you're're you're, you're casting custom lures that doty makes he's a master uh, woodcrafter uh, he went to college with his GI bill to become a master woodcraft craft guy and he uh you make these awesome lures, which are not only are they fabulous; they resemble uh, uh, various types of, of uh, forage in the uh, the White River, but uh, that they're actually like Ozark folk art. They're beautiful lures. They really, uh,
1: they really are, uh, Kenny. And, and as I understand, Dwayne. Uh, in the past he didn't uh, sell those lures but if you fished with him i think he would give you one of them i remember he gave uh, us a packet of i think three and i still have mine and i've caught trout out of the Merrimack oh. on those same baits they are beautiful uh pieces of work
2: oh i still have mine too i uh i use them sparingly i mean you know it, it kind of they're special to be honest you know um but anyway we were fishing this time and just, just before it started really getting light, uh, Doty hooked into a, to a pig, he hooked into a big one mm. and the fight was on. And that, this trap took him all over the place. And, and, you know, we're, uh, we were with another fellow, Blake Wilson, uh, one of, uh, one of Dodie's protégés, I think. Uh, and we were just kind of, you know, he was holding the net and I was just kind of, you know, cheering him on and boy pours all over. He, uh, uh, he landed to put the net, or he managed to put the net underneath a uh, seven-pound rainbow trout. It was uh, 24 inches long. It was, it was, a, it was beautiful
1: beautiful fish Uh, wow wow and that's the thing about tainty como man i mean there's a lot of stocker fish in there the conservation department does a tremendous job of keeping tainty como stocked and you know somebody that fishes once or twice a year can go down with one of these guides and they can catch stocker fish all day long and pretty regularly too and but there's always a possibility of hooking into that big fish, whether it be a rainbow trout or a brown trout. And boy, there are some monster browns in Como.
2: Well, the browns are what we were primarily after. You know, they were first stocked in Como in 1981. And uh, since then, they have just absolutely learned how to survive in that stretch and just feed it. They feed on the rainbow trout. They feed on uh, sculpin minnows. They feed on... Just all kinds of forage. There's a uh, gizzard shad in there, and there's threadfin minnows as well. And these these browns just get huge. Um, it's just just not unusual to. I mean, it's it's it, it's not world class news to catch one over ten pounds there. It's <laughs> more like a more like a, You can just kind of think it's going to happen at some point. I think it's so. To everybody but me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, me too. Of course, I haven't spent a lot of time on Taney Como, and I really didn't start going down there, too. I guess it was Conservation Federation started having annual media events down there, and you and I, usually that's one of the few times you and I get to see each other during the year. And uh, I've caught some decent trout, and boy, I had a phenomenal day uh, down there. The last event that we had, uh, I was in the boat with Chris Nelson, and he was doing... He's quite a fly fisherman and he, he used to guide over there he's now at Stockton Lake but uh, he used to guide at Taney Como and he showed me a stretch of basically pea gravel bank it was about 300 yards long he said get ready because you're gonna you're gonna get a hit every cast and I was fishing like a number 22 rainbow warrior nymph uh, which is very tiny fly and boy uh, I I wasn't even detecting the strikes at first and Chris kind of start goading me a little bit, you know, and, uh, and then I started catching fish, boy, and I was catching one almost every cast after that phenomenal trip, but Kenny, you know yourself, when it comes to rainbows or browns, either one, when you get up uh, past that two or three pound mark well, you're starting to get into a real beast and particularly among these browns are very strong fish. And yeah, I'm still dreaming of the day when I will catch either a 10 pound rainbow or a 10 pound Brown. I'd take either one.
2: Seven pound rainbows. My biggest so far. Uh, I'm looking for that big one too. Uh, we were, we were primarily looking for big Browns on this trip. Uh, and you know, you, you can, the, the day before, um, Blake Wilson had caught a, uh, brown on, on one of Dodie's, uh, jerk baits, one of them stick baits he makes that probably weighed out, uh, I, I would imagine five or six pounds. It was, it was a nice fish, but we were after the really big ones. And so we didn't really catch many fish, uh, because we were fishing for for the uh tanks we weren't worried about the little ones we were after the we were after the hogs
1: you were after a pick, picture we only, fish weren't you
2: <laughs> yes we yes that's 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 how people like you and i make a living in, in riding is those good picture fish
1: oh uh, sure you abso- absolutely you hope and pray for at least one every trip you make you know and of course we know we've got gosh uh, four decades or five decades of uh, experience on their belt as an outdoor communicator. So we know how those fishing trips uh, can go. Sometimes they go your way, and sometimes they don't.
2: Well, the old outdoor writers' adage is you should have been here yesterday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that a million times. And how many
2: times have you heard that? Uh,
1: Hey, A million times, but I laugh every time I hear it because I know how true that is. And we often, you know, we've been a boat. Uh, with uh, lots of guides over the decades and those poor guys you know I, I wouldn't want to be a fishing guide for anything because you're at the mercy of mother nature you know today might be great tomorrow might be horrible but we've heard it many times from guides yeah you should have been here yesterday and uh, boy i always feel sorry for you know, those guys.
2: it was kind of a, kind of a fun thing you know there's a lot of really great fishermen down there on tannicomo and uh and, well, because we we night fished, um, uh, Doty presented me with a coin that says "Welcome to the Dark Side," and if you turn it over, <laughs> it says um, "It says Ozark Trout Runners, Branson, Missouri." That's and, cool, you know. And, and like uh, our, our friend Shags has one of these coins too. And if you fish night night with Doty you'll probably get one too. The uh, it's just there's such a such a um, unbelievable great group of, of fishermen down there that really. Work that stretch uh, But you know what's crazy about that About uh, fishing Tanny Comble and what would make being a guide Difficult especially uh, See Doty's been doing this 16 years And he knows that he knows that stretch It's, it's never changing So right. you know you may have The chutes may be laying out Four chutes of water Out of the uh, out of the Cable uh, Rock Dam Or it may be putting out one or two or maybe none well if you're a guide you got to produce for your clients and you got to know where the trout are and what they're doing because because how much water is released changes the entire game on how you fish for these trout well that's where you fish for them
1: yeah that's exactly true and that's the advantage of hiring a guide uh kenny you and i both know boy if you're going to a new place for the first time i've seen lots of people waste their vacations trying to figure out how to fish a lake you know and that's why it's worth the, the dollars to invest in a guide at least for the first day or two because you can man you can learn so much from these guys but still you know dwayne doty has got 16 years of experience on lake Taney como and you can't learn everything he knows in a day or two but at least that's a that's a good start
2: yeah, you know, we were using uh, Dody has developed his own own method of fishing jerk base down there and people are are always trying to learn it. I, I was trying to learn it too. And um uh, uh Blake Wilson, who was in our boat, said that he took a whole month learning how to do it. And that's and that's pretty severe jerks on the on the on the lure, almost kinda like walking the dog with Is there a Zara spook. And then uh and then letting your line go slack, and then co- and then then jerking it again. You know, you go, you work quicker for browns, and you you have pauses, more pauses for rainbows, and it's a it's a pretty unique little little method he's developed. But my God, you know, I've had two <laughs> two surgeries on my right shoulder, and, <laughs> and last night my wife had to put some of that that heat stuff on my shoulders man i was hurting <laughs> hey I,
1: I understand i had we arm, did
2: that for three and yeah I, yeah
1: i had arm surgery on my right arm oh gosh 20 years ago probably or so and still uh fishing real hard a couple of hours man i'm popping the pills you know the pain medications to be able to keep going so i understand but you know what uh we're in our sef- seventh decade here kenny and uh, i'm not ready to give it up yet i'm gonna keep Casting those lures as long as I can, and as long as I feel a tug on the end of that line, I'm going to keep going.
2: Well, I'm right there with you. I turned 68 on on uh, Saturday this coming oh. Saturday, so I'm right there with you. You know, there's another thing about these trout too, and about and about the entire fishery. Um, when when uh, a lot of water is coming out of Table Rock Dam, it washes a lot of lot of uh, threadfin minnows and and shad through there some of them die some of them some of them are alive but they come through those locks and all the way down that big chute, probably 100 hundred hundred feet 100 foot drop i would guess and uh, these uh big trout uh just just feed on these things coming through there on this forage and and some of the walleye and smallmouth bass from table rock lake have managed to survive the fall and and they're starting to catch them in tannicomo too well boy we've that, caught walleye there and yeah they're catching big smallies down there too
1: oh man now now you're talking my language i love big smallmouth bass of course there's nothing wrong with walleye either and again going back to the guides that's a great advantage of having a guide because at the right time of year these guys can put you on all three of those pieces or it might be uh, this week you know that the trout are real hot next week the walleye are really hot and then Uh, You toss in a few smallmouth bass along the way, and you've got a world-class fishery there. Well, Kenny, buddy, you know, it's always fun to be able to have guys on a podcast, particularly fellow fishermen and writers who are members of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. And you were inducted into the Hall of Fame, gosh, about a decade ago. Is is that correct?
2: 2010. 2010, they put me in there. 2010. If you look at that picture of me. Like a younger man than now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that here a while back and I thought, Hey, he sent him a photo from his teenage years. <laughs> yeah
2: well all the hair on my face and head was dark then and in the fact that for that matter i had hair on my head then <laughs>
1: Yeah, yes same here we're both sh- shining out a little bit you know but hey it comes with the age but the important thing is man we're still living the dream we're still enjoying the outdoors and enjoy sharing it with people and kenny work where, where can people f- uh, find your work i know you boy you've been in practically every major magazine across the country but uh, what are some of the regular spots that people can find your work
2: I think these days the best thing to do is just just either Google Kenneth L. Keiser K E N N E T H L period Keiser K I E S E R or Ken Keiser or Kenny Keiser. You'll find different things on 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 all three of those names, or you can just go to the go to the Facebook page once in a while. Things turn up there. Um, so certainly, still doing some newspaper, The Examiner and. Oh, Leavenworth Times and a few other newspapers around the country are still running my stuff and still doing a few magazine pieces here and there. But, you know, Bill, it's a changing world for outdoor writers. We don't have as many magazines to write for as we once did.
1: Boy, that's the absolute truth. And, uh, of course, we know we've been in business long enough that uh, everything has a life to it. Some of the best gigs we've had, you know, for four, five, six years, they all come to an end, but there are new things popping up too. And, of course, podcasts is relatively new for a lot of us, and this is another way for us to communicate. And that's one of the reasons i like to have you on, because I i know you're always into something, you know, and, and with some exciting people, well-known people, whether it be <laughs> hunters or fishermen across the country. And, Keeser, one thing I've learned about you over the decades, you've always got a story to tell.
2: <laughs> well, if you're not a storyteller, uh, you might as well get out of the outdoor writing business because uh, every one of us has is, 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 is got a bunch of stories, whether they're true or not. I don't, no guarantees, but we Absolutely. have we have these stories. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we do. Well, Kenny, man, it's been so great to have you on on the podcast, and uh, I always like to end the show by telling the people that we are living the dream, and we encourage them to also get outdoors and try to live their best outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper.
0: The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters,
1: The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties.
0: Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.